Hello, you're listening to the C to Z of movies. My name is Colin. I'm the C. With me, as always, is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hey, Colin. I'm so looking forward to this podcast today, actually. Okay, so yeah. are all our all our many many fans, I'm sure. Yeah, I just saw La La Land yesterday. I'm I'm so giddy about talking about it. Actually, I've written so much to talk okay. about. So I'm hoping this will be a very very long podcast. Yes. Um, if you're starting to listen to this, you probably already know how long it is. We don't. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, enjoy however long it is. Yes, we're talking La La Land today. We're also talking uh, about Nicole Kibben films. There's a quiz on the Lego movie. And there's much, 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 much more. Everything um, is awesome. Everything. Oh, dear, you're answering the questions already. Um, <laughs> did you have snow in London this week? Uh, yeah, we did. And we had a tube strike as well last week. Oh, week. yeah. So that was great. It was my first ever tube strike. So wonderful. They're, they're fun, aren't they? Yes. It was so much fun. I walked to work. It took me an hour. Wow. We, we had snow. We, we didn't have a tube strike in Bristol because we didn't have a tube. But uh, I'm sure I'm sure they would have struck. Stripping. Was it proper snow or was it just, you know, you melted in the end? It was it was nothing much to be honest. No. Um it was it was fairly quickly frozen. Um let's let's uh, let's move away from the exciting weather for <laughs> not, not, weather update. Yeah, the weather update is done and let's move on to film news. Tell me some film news, Asian. Okay, so the Wonder Woman movie villain has been revealed. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's revealed to be Ares, the Greek god of war. Okay. And it's played by Danny Huston. So I'm not... I, I didn't know who Danny Huston was, but he was Danny apparently Huston. in The Constant Gardener. Wasn't he in uh, one of the Wolverine films? Was he? He was in the Aviator, and he was in Big Eyes. He, he, I, thought, I thought he was one of the many people to have played uh, Striker. Really? I could I, be I, wrong. I, he could be. He could be. I, I didn't know who played Striker, but he he possibly could be. The, the sound you might hear is me typing in the name of Danny Huston into IMDb. Um yeah, there you go. X-Men Origins Wolverine. He was in ah. that. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, it's, I, I think I mentioned to you before that Wonder Woman needed an enemy of her equal strength, really. Oh, yeah. You know, it would be a bit unfair for her to you know, defeat a big bunch of World War II soldiers. Sure. Given that she's pretty much invulnerable. So now you have Ares. Also, it's World War One, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's World War One. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit unfair. So yeah. um, okay. in the comic books, Ares is, well... Is still the Greek god of war, and he likes. Um, he war? his goal in life is to realize his vision of eternal war and conflict in the world of men. So I guess World War One is one of them. Okay, and that's why he's there. This this makes me think, and I I don't know anything about this character, but um, it, what do you think the probability is of him turning into a massive CGI monster in the third <laughs> act? I, I'm hoping that DC will have learned from their mistakes by now. Really, <laughs> they've not <laughs> they've not learned yet. DC, if you're listening, scrap those CGI plans. You can save a lot of money and make the film better. Just kick it out. <laughs> Any news from you? Uh, yeah, I've got a double bill of Woody Harrelson news. Um, okay. So, first of all, uh, Woody Harrelson has been cast in the Han Solo spin-off movie. Uh, yes, I've read that, actually. Yeah, uh, who knows what he's going to do in that. I guess he's probably going to be some sort of mentor-type character, maybe. I, I, I don't know. I, I assume he's not playing an existing Star Wars character. It's going to be a new one, but... Um, that's good to see. But before that, uh, I think it's later this month, uh, he's making a film called Lost in London, which is all okay. going to be filmed and streamed live into 500 cinemas in the US. It's a, a dramatisation of, of a real-life uh, arrest from 2002. Apparently, Woody Harrelson was arrested in London in 2002, which I didn't know. So basically, okay. he's, he's dramatising that. 
but yeah, it's all being—it's going to be about 100 minutes, but it's all going to be filmed live and streamed in the cinemas, which seems so madness. Is Woody to me. playing Woody? I I believe so. Um, Owen Wilson and uh, and Willie Nelson, which I've written here as Woody Nelson, which is not his name. Uh, Willie Nelson are both going to be in this film as well. But yeah, I, I assume he's playing himself. And it's streamed live. Yeah. So he, wow. I saw I saw kind of a bit of an interview with him, and he's saying, "Well, I hope it's not raining because I don't know what that's going to do to all the mics." Um, so it's it's ambitious. Fair play to him. That would be very interesting, though. Yeah, because yeah. we had um, Victoria last year of the film, which is filmed all in one take, but they they did three versions of it. And obviously, they edited it. Well, I said, well, not edited it, but they, obviously they they had the option to do what they liked with it afterwards. Whereas this is yeah, straight away if it doesn't work, that's it. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, what was he arrested for? Do you know? Um, it was something about well, he was in a he was in a cab. I don't know. He tried to steal a cab or something. Something to do with cabs. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, you definitely should be arrested for that. Yep. Uh, I think he was let off with a fine. It wasn't like a, like murder or anything. <laughs> for trying to steal a crap. So sadly, I think those of us in the UK won't have the option to watch this unless we go to one of the cinemas that's airing in uh, in the US. Oh, well, you'll probably be streamable eventually, so... That's true, that's true. Any more news? I have... Um, the next X-Men film is reported to be X-Men Supernova. What's that? No one knows what it's about. <laughs> All right, I thought, I thought thought Supernova might be a, a famous comic strip or something. Yeah, so. I wish I did know as well. <laughs> but I, okay. don't. I think they're just naming things the way they are. Now. This is supposed to pick things up following X Men Apocalypse. What decade is this one set in? Is it nineties right now? Or? Possibly. No one knows. No one knows. Is James McAvoy going to be in Michael Fassbender, Jennifer Lawrence? Surely not. It's been too long. Well, isn't, yeah, isn't every new film they get ten years older without, but only aged like one or two years? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But the next X Men film is X Men: The New Mutants, anyway. So this is it's not it's going to be an entirely new cast. So this 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 new X Men Supernova, I'm not too sure what's going to be like. Maybe they'll just use the young ones. The, the young ones, classic eighties uh, British sitcom. The young ones, <laughs> as in the young X Men who were introduced in X Men Apocalypse. That's that's more feasible. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Um, Right. Well, I have uh, I have some Disney news. I don't, I'm Me too. Sure, I'm surprised you haven't jumped in with it yet. Do you, do you wanna... Is it Anna Kendrick? No. This is a uh, Dum- what D- uh, Dumbo. Um, oh, so I... apparently Tim Burton is making the film Dumbo, and uh, <sighs> and both Tom Hanks and uh, and the great Will Smith are in talks, <sighs> or at least considering it. Yeah. <laughs> Although I'm not sure. It's it's been a very very long time since I watched Dumbo. I guess they, they, there's Dumbo and there's Jiminy Cricket and they, those are the, is Jiminy Cricket or is that Pinocchio? Anyway, there's some it's, characters. It's no, it's head. not. It's not Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> it's the. Uh, it's um, the one it's that, Timothy the Mouse. Yeah, Jiminy Cricket basically. Um, no, so, it's not. It's not a conscience. It's just well, there. Yeah. Okay. So you got those two, and that's those are the only cast, aren't they? Basically. Um. Yes. Pretty much, and Dumbo's mum. Dumbo's mum, of course. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But. It's been a while since I enjoyed a Tim Burton film, and did his last Disney film flop as well, majorly in the box office. So I'm quite surprised they entrusted him with another Disney film. Yeah, I don't know. What, I don't know when he signed up to it. it might might have been long gestating. Yeah. I'm surprised Helena Bonham Carter isn't it. I, I believe they uh, they broke up. Oh, did um, they? Yeah. Oh, uh, now who's going to play Dumbo's mum? I don't know. Is it Anna Kendrick? No, no, Anna Kendrick. Apparently, is set to play a female Santa Claus. Oh, I did hear that. Yes, Here for Disney, caught Nicole. Clever. Who is apparently the daughter of Santa Claus? I said clever. I don't know why it's clever. It sounds a bit like Noel, but 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 not really. Saint Nicholas, I guess that's how they're going mm. with it. 
Nicol Claus. Nicol Claus. Yeah. yeah, right. Nicol Claus. Uh, why not? Good, <laughs> is that good for her. Is there a pun somewhere? <laughs> well, I guess uh, St. Nicholas is the original Father Christmas, and Santa Claus comes from St. Nicholas, pronounced wrong. St. Nicholas. Santa Claus. It's Dutch. Um, so Nicole fits in with that. So, yeah, it's due to... Uh, I'm not sure when it's going... It's due to come out because um, Pitch Perfect 3 is coming out end of this year. So it's probably not going to be a Christmas film for this year. But maybe next year. I don't know. Anna Kendrick likes to make a lot of films. It could be... Uh... She does. Um, but, you know, Law of Large Numbers, right? I do know the Law of Large Numbers. I'm sure all our all our listeners are familiar with Benoist yeah. Law of Large Eventually, numbers. she'll do a good film. Uh, yeah, maybe it'll be Pitch Perfect 3. She's made yeah. some good films, just not... Not for a while. Um, we, we, uh, it was the Golden Globes recently. Um, I don't think yeah. we're going to do masses on that because I, I imagine we, we don't plan very far ahead. I imagine we'll do an Oscars type thing when it's the Oscars. But, we definitely um, will, yeah. But the, so the Golden Globes, uh, for those who don't know, it's voted for by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, which apparently is about 90 people. So I don't know why everyone makes such a big deal about it. But because the celebrities get to get drunk then. That's probably it. Um, it's a less formal event. The the big headlines, uh, there are seven Golden Globes for La La Land, uh, which we're yeah, talking about today. insane. But that's because, as well, the Golden Globes split their film categories. That is true. So so they give out awards for musical slash comedy. And this is a musical that anybody actually saw, so they're very excited. <laughs> that's pretty much it. What were, what were the other contenders in that category, do you remember? Uh, I'm sure Deadpool would be, was there. Uh, Florence Fester Jenkins? Yes, uh, War Dogs had a, a few. I don't know if it had a best film. It had best actor for Jonah Hill, certainly. So it's not like the best of competition, is it? The, the definition of comedy is also fairly, fairly stretchable. I think The Martian won for best comedy last year, didn't it, or two years ago? It was funny at bits. Yeah, uh, someone called Isabelle Huppert, or possibly Huppert, uh, won best actress uh, in the drama category, which was quite a shock uh, for the film L. Um, and we're also quite shocked by Aaron Taylor Johnson winning Best Supporting Actor for Nocturnal Animals because we all thought it was going to be, uh, I don't know, someone else. Who did we think it was going to be? No, it was if I, um, the guy from Moonlight, Mashada Ali. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but of course, the big talking point, Zijan, is Meryl Streep overrated? <laughs> uh, I love Meryl Streep now. Yeah. I, I do love Meryl Streep. So uh, I'll be speaking this on from a very biased position. So, um, so Donald Trump thinks she's overrated. Uh, I think, I think she's great, but she probably is overrated as much as she does anything, and she gets nominated. I don't think she doesn't. I don't think she needs all the nominations. I think most of the time she gets nominated just because she is there, half the time. Yeah. Like there's some, there are a lot, there are a few performances that I've seen that you know deserve nominations, but um, there are others which you make you question, huh? Why are you doing here, Meryl? So, yeah. So maybe, uh, maybe. We can have a forthcoming segment. Is Meryl Streep overrated? Yes, is Meryl Streep overrated? We can, we can just insert other names. Is, uh, I don't know, is Tim Burton overrated? Is Will Smith overrated? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Is Woody Allen overrated? Definitely. Right. Um, <laughs> um, that's all the news I have. Do you have any more news? Um, nothing major. So we can quickly move on because okay. I've got a lot of things to cover. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll pay a quick visit to your favourite segment, Things That Colin Got Wrong. Um, I was listening yes. back to our last podcast and I realised I said that Lily Collins was the star of Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Of course, it's Lily James. There's too many Lilies in Hollywood. I've always said it. That's, yeah, that's, all, from, that's all from that segment. Lily Collins is the daughter of Phil Collins. She was in um, one of the Sleeping Beauty films, I think. How do you even know that? 
How do I know that? Yeah. Well, because this is the best informed uh, movie podcast on the internet, Zizan. Um And also because I saw a poster. <laughs> and it's on to a brand new segment, uh, possibly recurring, depending on how this goes. Mike, go on, Colin. Go on. <laughs> We we had by the way viewers we had a discussion about whether to include this segment or not, but Colin insisted he wanted to have it, so <laughs> it's a treat for you. I'm getting I'm getting the feeling it's not going to be recurring. Um, things in film that annoy us. I've not that's the, that's the title of the segment. Annoying things in film. That could be a title. We'll work on the title. Uh, and this time it's dialogue. Annoying dialogue on films. And this is I don't feel we rant enough in this podcast. So this is this is, <laughs> this is ranting ranting time. Basically, this this yeah this this segment is for Colin to rent. While, while I just listen and make snide comments. You know what annoys me, Zizan? You know what annoys me in film? Yes, it's, Colin. What annoyed you? It's when people say, "How long have you been standing there?" Right, and the person they're talking to always, without fail, says, "Long enough." <laughs> it just annoys me so much. What's wrong with that? I mean, it's so... Un- How long have you been there? Long enough. It's just so unoriginal. Say something different. Say five this minutes. These kind of things are TV tropes, you know? What 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 is original now on TV anyway? What What is original on film nowadays? Very rare. You can get more original than that, surely. I mean, yeah. imagine in real life, you say, How long have you been there? Long enough. He's like, well, what does that mean? I just want to be mysterious, Colin. I don't want you to know exactly <laughs> how long I've been waiting here, you know? I, I could have been waiting here for three hours. I could have been waiting here for the last five seconds, but... It was long enough for me. It's long enough for you. Uh, anyway, there you go. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Is what, that the end you, of the segment? Uh, well, you suggested you might might think about something for this, but I, I suspect you haven't. Uh, <laughs> I, I, was, I was thinking that um, you would have mentioned the word um, "no pressure" because I know you hate. I do when hate it. No pressure. When people say no pressure, this, I mean, I guess that's not so much a film thing. But when people say no pressure, when in fact there is pressure, that annoys me. People are just trying to, you know, lighten things up a bit. Well, lighten things up more originally, people. Come on. Especially, I mean, no, I, I was going to let I was going to let the general public off the hook there, but no, they no. If, <laughs> fair enough, they don't have a scriptwriter, but come on. When you've heard a joke done ten thousand times, it's no longer funny. Just stop it. Um, I also don't like the line "forget everything you think you know." Um, basically, I just don't like cliches in scriptwriting. There you go. That's the end of the. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, that's the end of the things that annoys in film segment. I think you'll agree. And if you enjoyed this, please email <laughs> us because I know you guys don't email us, so I'm pretty sure you enjoyed it. Yeah. Are you not going to tell them email address? Oh, yeah. At c2z of movies at gmail.com. I had to remember our email just now. I completely forgot about it. There you go. Or you can reach us on Twitter at c2z of movies. Maybe there are annoying things in film that annoy you. Maybe this could become our greatest ever segment. Um, maybe not. Well, another thing that annoys me, and this is a segue, um, is when people say they don't make films like this anymore because half the time <laughs> they make loads of films. Like when I, when Arrival came out, I read an article saying they don't make films like this anymore. It's like this they do. This is basically Interstellar, um, but they genuinely don't make films like La La Land anymore, do they? Ah, that's a good segue. That's Thanks, good man. Segue. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think all the best segues uh, are introduced as a segue, and then afterwards we pause slightly to. To talk about how good the segue was. That's that's how seamless that was. <laughs> I know, I know. We should definitely do that. We should have a segue <laughs> award for the best segue we've ever done on the podcast. That's true. Um, I saw La La Land yesterday and uh, it was beautiful. It was so beautiful. It was um, a glorious homage to all those old musicals yeah. um, in Hollywood. And it's just so joyous. And it, it was 
so uplifting. I, know, I just, from the first sequence, the first musical sequence, I was grinning my head off. And then to the end, where I was weeping, <laughs> I was <laughs> in the cinema. Yeah. So wow. I, uh, it's a, just a glorious piece of film, really. So we're going to do what we normally do, which is talk non-spoilers, then talk spoilers. Um, at the yeah. moment, you don't know why he was weeping. It could have been with joy. It could have been with sadness. It could have been because he stubbed his toe. We don't know. Uh, in the spoiler section, we'll find out. But yes, I I, I agree that opening number such a great introduction to the film it's um everyone this isn't a spoiler i guess because it's the first minute kind of you're on a freeway in, in la everyone's yeah. just jumps out of their cars into the big song and dance routine um i have already bought the soundtrack it's i was playing it yesterday it's a great great it's a great soundtrack, soundtrack yes. isn't it i've been listening to it for the whole of today as well and it's just so catchy yeah there's there's at least four or five great songs in there so city of stars is the one that's getting a lot of play i think that's the one that's up for the various awards in fact probably probably just i don't, don't know if the golden globes even give out a best song but um it's been nominated for baftas at least i think someone in the very, crowd that's great yeah. there's some very good songs and it's very rare nowadays to have an original musical it is um, yeah. appear on screen well obviously disney does it all the time because disney is awesome <laughs> <laughs> right. all, all their films are original musicals colin you have to accept <laughs> I, I don't accept that because they just keep remaking their old films. They just the Jungle Book wasn't. There was original Frozen musical. last year. There was yeah. Moana. They were all good songs from them. So um, Disney does musicals really well. But for a proper, you know, live action musical, I think it was since Mulan Rouge that there was an original musical. And even Mulan Rouge, even though the 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 musical itself is new, the songs weren't original. Yeah, apart from uh, Come What May, I think it was new. But yeah, the the vast majority of it was put together from pop songs, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of anything that uh, dis that dis discounts that, but I can't. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, it's we we, we and I'm, again, this is not part of the. They don't make films like that anymore. But uh, yeah, a lot of the kind of the bigger films these days are reboots or or sequels or remakes or, or kind of tied to something people know. So even if it's just an adaptation or something, whereas yeah, it's completely fresh. There was there was never a book about this. There was never a a musical about this. There was never a stage show. Just completely new, completely new songs, and yeah, the, I mean, I've I've watched the trailers a lot, so I, I knew the songs going in. Oh, did you? I've only seen like of them, snippets but... of them, so, um, I didn't realize, um, yeah, how how catchy the songs were, and they were so good, and yeah, I do agree that I think it's very refreshing to have something original, and hopefully this would give studios, you know, incentive to put more money behind original work from now on. Rather yeah, than... well, I guess it's a classic story because uh, Damien Chazelle, the, the director, he he's been hawking this around trying to get this made for five or six years and it was only because of Whiplash um, that did so well last year that uh, he he kind of studios came to him and said well what do you want to do and he said well I've got this thing that I'd like to get this off the ground and they kind of gave him free range to, to do what he wanted with it because I think he had tried to get it made but he had, was given various restrictions that I won't go into here because they might go into spoilers territory but um, various restrictions and he said if I have to make it like that I'm not making it and so it was only yeah now when they said well I'll do what you like and uh, yeah great great direction I think we saw well you and I both both like Whitlash and uh, it's good to see him uh, get this done yeah. it was amazing I mean I think what I was impressed by a lot by in the film was the camera shots the camera mm. work in this film was outstanding I mean from Whiplash I knew that he was really good in showing musical instruments being played yeah, yeah. Um, and, and his work with editing is superb but in La La Land, his work with cameras are amazing. Most of the musical sequences are done in one shot. And it's incredible the amount of work that you need to put in just to produce something like that. 
Yeah, I'll have to watch it again because I, I to kind of to look that look out for that because I know the the opening dance number it kind of looks like it's one shop. I think it was three that were stitched together. I think you can kind of tell that that is, but it's still very ambitious to because they actually closed off um, part of the part of the road to to get it filled, which apparently the LA let you do all the time. You know, for anyone. Did you like it compared to Whiplash? I think a lot of my reaction to it is going to have to be in spoilers um, okay, section, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I so I don't know how I rank it because I was thinking this thing. Clearly, this and Whiplash are my two favourite films about jazz. Um, but <laughs> the I, only film, favourite films about jazz that you have? Uh, probably. I don't think I've ever seen The Jazz Singer, um, which is the only other one I can think of right now. Um, I, I'm sure there's been a Louis Armstrong biopic or something. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think this is certainly more heartwarming um, than, mm-hmm. than Whiplash. Um, yeah, a lot of my issues are with are with the kind of how the plot rolls out in this one, I think. Yeah, I think I may have the same issues as you, actually. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I would place Whiplash slightly higher than this, only because I think the plot in Whiplash is slightly tighter. Definitely, yeah, tighter is, is a word I'd use. Yeah, it's so meticulous, and it works out so well in Whiplash. Um, speaking of which, uh, apparently Miles Teller was, was lined up to be uh, to be the male lead in this one. And yeah. Emma Watson was lined up to be the yeah. female lead for this one. I, I mean, I think Miles Teller's great. And, and I've got no problem with Emma Watson, but I'm, I'm so glad that they didn't end up being the ones because I, I love Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling together. They, they have such chemistry and charisma on screen. It's unbelievable. Like, it's, yeah. So this is the third film they've done together after Crazy Stupid Love and, and Gangster Squad, and I, I love them in both of those. And yeah, they're just so wonderful not together. Gangster Squad. <laughs> Check it out. Check it out. I mean, acting-wise, they're, they're, I mean, they're two fantastic actors. I think everyone, everyone knows that. In terms of the singing and the dancing... I thought, I thought Emma Stone's singing in particular was a little weak. I don't know what yeah, you thought. Yeah, she sounded thin at bits, especially at the parts when she was singing on the hill. Um, yeah, there were some parts where she she just came a lot thinner. Her voice was thinner than. Yeah, and I didn't know whether it was deliberate because it it kind of sounded like she was trying to sing quite kind of low and soft and. But I think for some of them, yeah, you need a bit more power than that. So even in the opening song where she was kind of singing with, well, not the opening song, her, her opening song where she was singing with three other girls, and they were all clearly better singers than her. And in fairness, I'm sure they're professional singers when she's she's an actor by trade. Mm. So I, I can't kind of see that. And and there was a, the audition song she did where she actually finally had some power in her voice. So it showed she could do it. But um, clearly that they're, they're actors who are singing rather than singers who are acting. I don't know what you thought about Ryan Gosling singing. Um, it was okay. I was fine, more impressed it? by his piano playing, though. I was going to say because you and I, you and I have have played Dabbled. the piano. Um, I, I've had ten long years of piano lessons. I, I know you might be listening to this, mum and dad, and, and so apologies for this, but uh, you know I hated it. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So Ryan Gosling learnt the piano in like a month or something ridiculous, and. Uh, he was very good. He was very, very good. And because uh, I was listening about this on the Graham Norton show, and yeah, I was quite very surprised that he didn't have any piano training before this because some of the things he's played, all the long riffs and all and such, I, I would struggle to play right now. And <laughs> it's very impressive. I don't think that, I, I don't think that's actually him on the soundtrack. I could be, I, I know he played the piano in the scenes, mm-hmm. but I'm, I would be pretty confident that that was either dubbed over or it was just a silent piano or something. I think they just he's good enough that the, the fingers looked good, but I don't reckon that's him on the soundtrack. I could be wrong, but I, I'd be very surprised. Oh, but Damien Chazelle can make 
playing music so sexy though. Well, I think Ryan Gosling doing anything is pretty sexy, isn't it? Let's let's be honest. (laughs) That's true. I I really like one shot when he was playing the piano and then the camera just pans around the fingers and then go behind him to the other side. And I just love that shot so much. I don't know why. It's just amazing. I mean, that's the, uh, I, don't, I don't remember that shot, but uh, yeah, I definitely need to watch it again. But I, that's that's gives you so much strength when you can have someone who's actually able to play because you can do those shots rather than having to kind of cut to a hand double. And I tell you what I watched yesterday, uh, Music and Lyrics. That's a, that's a bad, <laughs> that's, a, that's a bad film. That's Drew Barrymore, isn't it? And Drew Barrymore Hugh and Hugh Grant. Grant, who Hugh Grant clearly did not bother learning to play the piano. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the kind of the bad version of this film, I guess. Um, so, so music and lyrics. Yeah, the, the dancing. I, I I can't really tell good dancing from bad dancing, but there's I thought it was good enough. I've, I really enjoyed, in fact, um, the song "A Lovely Night." So that the sh- the shot that's used in all the posters is from that song, where they're up on the hilltop and she's in the yellow dress. And the... I love that poster, though. It's yeah, it's a great one poster. Of my favorite posters yeah. of all, and I, I just realized that they put so many stars on on the poster as well, just to symbolize the stars looking over. To a starry night. Yeah, yeah. Was, wow. <laughs> yeah, but I, I love that poster a lot, and the dancing was speaking of speaking of stars on posters. This is nothing to do with this film, but uh, um, do you remember the film Legend starring Tom Hardy? It's, it came out um, last year. I, think. I don't think I've seen Where'd it. No, he he played the Cray Twins. But anyway, he got quite a few good reviews, like four stars things. But um, they and they did a poster covered in stars, but kind of with Tom Hardy on top of it. And between his legs, I think there were two stars from the Guardian. And it kind of looked like they were blocking off four stars. But it turns out the Guardian gave it a two star review, and they just wanted to. <laughs> oh, that's, that's really cheeky. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. It's not every day a film would promote a two-star review, so no. So uh, yeah, when you're looking at all those stars behind uh, behind the La La Land uh, cast and, and lamppost and all that, check to see if they've tried the the same trick. Maybe they have. I tell you what surprised me mm-hmm. is um, when they suddenly started singing "Take on Me." And I think I thought this is a uh, I thought this is a original, original musical. musical, and they're singing "Aha." Um, that said. They definitely made it work. This is, and this, I guess, this is slightly spoilers, but um, quite early on, Ryan Gosling or Sebastian, to give him his character name, is, is playing guitar in this band, and they sing "Take Hold Me." And again, it's a, a fun scene. I like that one. Mm. Um, I think he, uh, Damien has the ability to make something that could be potentially very cheesy and make it work in this film, because I know there are a lot of scenes where it could it could be borderline really crass, like the bit in the planetarium. To mm. someone who is more heavy-handed, it could be very, you know, uh, cringe-inducing. But when I was watching it, it was very mesmerizing and it was very sweet overall. Yeah. Now, I, speaking as someone who's been to Griffin Observatory, um, it was did you, it was great did you to float, Colin. Yeah. No, that that happens every every to everyone who goes there. It's actually quite it's quite boring after a while. No, I I um, it's just a funny scene because it kind of obviously it's a musical and as we've talked about in our in our classic musicals episode um they kind of they take you out of reality anyway because everyone starts singing for no reason i guess the, the opening scene on the on the freeway tells you this isn't uh, a direct reality this is kind of people singing and dancing but that again take, that's a scene that very much says this isn't a realistic drama i guess it's uh, it's pulling out of that and it's quite interesting to put it in there because that's the only time that really happens mm. apart from the opening freeway and, and yeah the classic whenever you have a musical song I think there's no, there's nothing else like that. It kind of reminds me of the last scene in Greece where they drive off into the sky. Yeah, anyway. yeah. I think it worked. Um, and again, that's the kind of thing we hadn't seen from 
from Damien Chazelle in, in Whiplash at all. Yeah, um, that, Whiplash is intense. It really is intense. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of kind of the colours and stuff, this this film starts, starts off with very heavy block colours. You had the Emma Stone with her, with, I say the, the, this, her opening song with the four or three of the girls when they're kind of red, blue, yellow, green. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I really, I, it always sounds like a uh, diamond faint praise, but I did love the colour palette in this. I think it was... Uh, yeah, me too. In terms of the way it looked. It makes LA mm-hmm. looks amazing. I've not been to LA before, but now I really want to see it. And I was watching this with some <laughs> friends and they were telling me, no, LA isn't that great, but the film makes LA look amazing. The, the, there are bits of LA that are nice, but the, most of it seems to... I said I've only been there once, but a lot of it is a dump. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've not been there with Emma Stone. That might change my change my mind on it, I guess. Um but yeah, it, it does look beautiful. And again, the colours change throughout the... In fact, I, I must admit, I think I saw this in an interview with Damon Chazelle, but yeah, it kind of starts off very bright and blocky and kind of becomes more faded as, as time wears on, which is intriguing. I, I'm looking at my list, and most of what else I want to say is in spoilers. Okay, uh, so I don't we? know you're ready to move to spoilers? Yeah, happy to do that. Right. Spoiling, spoiling, spoiling. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler! Okay, so, right, here's my thing. Um, <laughs> so I, I came to this, it's been described as like the feel-good film of the year, really uplifting, you'll have a big grin on your face and all that. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I went away from the cinema, I was dejected as I came out of this film. Oh! <laughs> I, watched, I watched Manchester by the Sea yeah. a yes. few days beforehand, which is basically just about death and failure. Isn't that... That's, that's what that film's about. Jimmy Fallon described Manchester by the Sea as the more, most depressing thing about 2016. Yes, yeah. And uh, and I came out of La La Land feeling worse than I did coming out of Manchester what? by the Sea. And the reason is... It's a love story, and they don't end up together. Okay? Now, I know that real film critics, of which I'm not one, would, would not let themselves get taken up by that and, and would be kind of yeah, reviewing of all the, the, the songs and the dancing laws uh, and the acting, which is all fantastic. But And I, I kind of say it's not really as a criticism of him. I'm not saying that this made it a bad film, but I'm just this is the way I responded, is that, yeah, if, if you're telling this love story in this kind of really bright musical, you kind of... You expect it to work out well, don't you? Well, it worked out well for them, though. She's married to someone she loves. She has a great you, career. How do you how, how do you know she loves him? And he's she, and he's doing well in his career as well. Maybe he has someone. Uh, he's maybe he's seeing someone else as well. And they they got what they wanted in the end, right? And I thought the ending was a, very bittersweet. I mean, I I was very sad, and but I was happy as well for them because they achieved what they wanted in the end. So this is the thing. If 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 it's a film about see how good your career can be, then fair enough. Um, but it's and I guess that it, I guess looking back, maybe, maybe that is what it is. It's about kind of yeah, people trying to achieve their dreams in Hollywood. Um, and I guess it, and it's entirely unrealistic. <laughs> by the way, that, that they, she would become a famous actress and he would become a he own the jazz club that he's always wanted to own and all this. But, but it's it's being sold as a love story. All, the, the whole story up to that point seems to be a love story, and then it's kind of a. Well, no, I can't bother. No, not really, though. I mean, so I, I picked this up from a YouTube comment. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. I was on okay. YouTube this morning listening to all the all the, all the songs. In the nice. first song, Another Day in the Sun, the first yes. 20 seconds, the first lyrics, the girl was singing about how she left her true love to pursue her dreams. Okay. In Santa Fe. And I guess that was forewarning the entire film. Right from the first, first few lines. Okay. We've already done that. You know, and then the first entire... The entire first song was all about people chasing their dreams and then, you know, letting go of, you know, um, other things as well. And that would include love. And it's that first yeah. few lines that 
for one this entire film. Yeah, I, I yeah, I didn't I didn't spot that. But um, fair enough. Thank you, random YouTube commenter. Yes, good, good work. If you want a job on this podcast, you're clearly more insightful than we are. So, uh, yeah, get in touch. Yeah, I, mean, I don't, I don't necessarily mind a romantic story where they don't end up together. I mean, I don't like it, but I think things spoilers for Casablanca, um, which came out like seventy years ago, but um, yeah, they don't end up together in that. And but it all kind of there's there's very valid reasons for it, and that is kind of the whole point of the film. And it makes sense, or something like Moulin Rouge, they don't end up together because. Didn't she die? I forget. She died. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's kind of legitimate, and I can see. But this one kind of seems that they they kind of they break up a bit, which is, follows a fantastic, fantastically acted scene where they kind of have this argument, um, which maybe we'll come back to. And he goes down, picks her up, and then he says, "Yeah, you got this audition." And they say, oh, so what are we doing? And she says, "He says, oh, you need to move to Paris. I hear the jazz is really good there." And I was expecting him to say, "Hey, I'll move there with you." I'll, do, I'll play some jazz there but they just seem to say oh no we're done here let's just break up and it just didn't feel I mean none of this film was realistic but it didn't feel um, their motivations really seemed to make sense there well to be fair they've only been going out for like what two seasons <laughs> till then yes yeah so yeah, it wasn't it... a long time coming and you, you've seen 500 Days of Summer haven't you yes Yeah. that's not a great uh, it doesn't end well either in 500 Days of Summer. She ended up with someone else as well. Spoiler alert. Um, yes. Yeah. It's another seasons thing. Um, yeah, and in fact, the first time I saw that, I, I that put me off a bit, but then I kind of watched it again and I realised that's kind of what the whole film was about. But this film didn't feel to me about abandoning the person you love uh, in order to have a decent acting job. But I guess maybe it was. Well, if you... Yeah. So, so I was so excited by this film, as, as, I, as you may have picked up, Previously, I mean, I've been excited about this film for about a year, and and I came away thinking, yes, it's really, really good, and I hope it wins awards, and I'm sure it will, and I'll watch it again. But I don't think I loved it as I might have done had it had a different ending. You love your love stories, Colin. I love my love stories. So, what what do you think about the um? So, right before the end, we had the kind of what could have happened. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. That was. Yeah, that was a bit when I started weeping like a baby right. in the cinema. <laughs> Excellent. Weeping and smiling. You know, it was very bittersweet. Like, it's nice to think about what could have happened, but sometimes things just don't work out the way they are because of bad timing, for example. And if you love yeah. someone, you encourage them to chase their dreams, right? So, yeah, in that sense, it was quite bittersweet and very real. It felt real to me. Again, I thought it was a great scene. Because... Because I wanted them to end up together, I was kind of silenced that as I was leaving, but I was thinking there's, there's no way he's going to say, oh yeah, everything else I told you in this film wasn't true. They, they did get together. So I knew that wasn't going to happen. And, and obviously the, the way that scene was shot, it was emphasising how fake it was. So you have things like they were in front of a river and the river was made up of kind of blue glass yeah. rather than water and stuff like that. So it is, and it's, it's a beautifully, beautifully shot scene. And quite a lot of the trailers actually come from that that, that montage. But maybe I'm, maybe it's because it's Oscar nominated. Or it's, well, not yet, but I'm sure it will be Oscar nominated and it's award winning. I'm reading too much into it, but I'm, I'm trying to work out what that whole scene was for. Like, what, what does it mean? Why is it there? The what if scene is to make me cry like a baby. It's to make because it almost because it, it almost felt a bit like, hey, this is this is what you really wanted to happen, but it's not gonna. So maybe you're right. Maybe it's it's just emphasising not all dreams come true. Yeah, yeah. sometimes things doesn't work out the way they are. But I love the last scene though, the parting shot of them looking at each other I thought it was done so well and then they just gave each other a slight smile that, that, they I, did that was beautiful I, I, I love that scene I yeah I think that given that plot ending <laughs> it was as good as good as, as good as it could have been oh come on Colin <laughs> is that your only um, 
qualm with the film then? I think, my, yeah, my issue, I guess, there's that bit. There's the fact that the singing isn't as good as it could have been. I think it's still, I still enjoyed it, but I think it's noticeable that there's not as much power, particularly in Emma Stone's voice, as there could have been. But other than that, it was wonderful. Uh, so when people ask me what I, what I think of it, I, I've used the phrase largely wonderful because I don't want to give spoilers. Mm. But I think because of that ending, it's, I say, it's something that you, I can kind of sit back and say, yes, that's done really well. And I think it was, but it kind of it's, took the heart out of it a bit for me. For, for me, I thought the middle was a bit dragging at pieces, at parts. Um, it was a okay. bit slow. And I think it was partially because the opening bit was so in your face. There are a lot of things happening. Yeah. You know, things were changing quite quickly. You know, seasons were changing. And then the middle, it just, and it just went into a dip. And I felt that. And that was why I ranked this slightly lower than Whiplash. Because Whiplash oh, okay. felt very concise everything was there for a reason no you're you're right whiplash definitely there, there was there wasn't a single frame that wasn't serving the story i think it was as yeah i said before really really tight I, i've heard other people say they thought this was a bit long i, I didn't feel that i think maybe just because i will happily watch emma stone and, and ryan gosling in anything i will uh, i was saying to my brother uh, well, in fact he was saying to me as well um because he, he's just seen it and, and shares some of my views on it, i think but Kind of every film should start Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. That's that's my that's, that's my. There's a conclusion. That's my conclusion. Um, it might it might not help the whole uh, uh, issue about black black actors not winning enough awards if every single role is played <laughs> by those two two white people. But, uh, yeah. Well, I was watching this with a friend, and she fell asleep in the middle of the film. What? Yeah, she did. She did. <laughs> she read it. She she told me about it, and she watched Arrival with me. And Arrival can be quite slow and plodding at times as well, but. Okay. I, I did understand the point though because I, I did feel the, feel this detachment halfway through the film. I think it was like through summer when their relationship was facing a lull. I felt a lull as well. well. See, I think because I was so bought into their relationship, I think because the acting was was so good, I I, I didn't feel that. And if, so the, the bit where um where he comes back and surprises her and they have that row, I think the the acting in that scene is so good. Oh, I love that scene. Love probably... It's one of my favorite scenes of the film. Yeah, and, and so understated uh, so like yeah just Emma Stone with just just with her eyes kind of telling you so much more than, than again I've seen in music and lyrics um, which is very much the counterpoint of this film for me um, where there's, there's a similar scene and it's it's really quite badly done with Drew Barrymore crying arousal and spouting about Ted lines of dialogue uh, to Hugh Grant and I was just sitting there thinking yeah you're not very good are you uh, <laughs> <laughs> Should, should watch La La Land. I mean, in fairness, La La Land was made like ten years afterwards, but still, they should have uh, they should have known. Uh, I listed all my favorite scenes from Emma Stone, and there were many of them because she was pretty much a scene stealer in the whole film. Really, she had a lot of things to mm. work on, and that was one of my favorite scenes. That the bit where she was yeah. complaining, uh, she was ranting at him when he came to get her. Uh, I also liked her last audition as well. I don't know why, but yeah. I liked that a lot. Even though with the song and the storytelling, I think I I was crying there as well. I think <laughs> I, I cried a lot in this film. Okay. <laughs> So it seems, I don't think I cried at all, which is quite unusual for me in a, in a film. But um, yeah, no, that audition song—I say it was the only time that she really brought power into her voice. I think, but yeah, she she did that again remarkably. Like in fact, one of the earlier, in fact, possibly her only her, her first audition scene where she um, where she's on the where she's crying and then the guy suddenly takes a phone call. Mm. I thought, I thought, give her the job. <laughs> You're not going to get anyone better than this. This is this is awesome. Uh, apparently, that was based on a real in uh, audition by Ryan Gosling. Okay, yeah, yeah. Were there any scenes like like your audition for Star Wars, Asian? <laughs> uh, if you call it an audition. <laughs> and at no point did uh, 
do Ryan Gosling stand in a queue and then get told to go home? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, if I looked like Ryan Gosling, I would be appalled if I was sent to go home. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. Um, one thing I thought was interesting, um, you know, the, so the whole middle plot point where um, Ryan Gosling takes up with John Legend in his band. Um, Good old John Legend. <laughs> There you go, John Legend. There's a he. He can play the third, the third role and everything. And they, yeah. <laughs> I was surprised he was there, though. I didn't know he was going to appear, so that was a good surprise. Oh, did you not? Mm. Oh, I've seen him in the trailers. So, but I, I thought it was quite interesting because he that song I think is great. Uh, I really enjoy it. But uh, they're kind of making the point. Ryan Gosling's character Sebastian doesn't like this kind of music, so he is selling out by doing mm. it. But the music itself isn't actually bad. So I think again that was really well played with Emma Stone in the crowd looking at him like it kind of putting across this emotion of I'm enjoying this I like this but do you like this mm. and uh, I mean there's no way they're going to get John Legend in and, and then make the plot being about how bad the music is but I thought that they they landed that well um, did you ever see Rock of Ages? I've seen the musical not the yeah. film uh, okay so I, I, I've not seen the musical but I have seen the film but in, in that uh, the, the lead guy he joins a boy band and that music is just really terrible <laughs> that's the kind of the point so uh Although then weirdly they did they did put that song on the soundtrack. So it's like hey, here's the song that we've said is bad. Have it. Listen to it. So, so I thought this was quite clever in saying, yeah, this this isn't bad music. It's just not his music. Yeah, there are a lot there are a lot of bits in the the film which I thought were very clever. In its own right, there's so many scenes. It's very hard to pinpoint them, but I, but I can think of a few. Like um, I know he did play like an homage to all um Hollywood yeah, musicals. Yeah. Do you notice like the camera pans out into the circle and pans in again? In, in the circle I thought that what? reminded me so much of old Hollywood films I don't know Which whether I'm making myself very clear like there's a I circle I don't know what you're talking about mate the circle <laughs> yeah. circle yeah like I, I don't like you know when a scene pans out and then everything else fades to black and to like a decreasing circle I'm with you okay yeah and then when it goes to the next scene it goes into like a widening circle to fill up the entire page it's all about the circle the page yeah Yeah, I, I know but I, I don't know why it's all highly technical <laughs> stuff um. yeah but <laughs> I, I put that in my list of things to talk about because I thought when I, when I saw that I thought wow this reminds me so much of old Hollywood films because they used yeah. to do a lot of this don't they? Uh, yeah yes they did yes um, good good spot um, I, just, <laughs> I don't know why I went to search technicalities but I have <laughs> talked about something else <laughs> I, I think when you, when you say page you might mean screen but that's, that's fine yeah possibly um, yeah but I I just like the camera work I, I, I can't I really like the camera work a lot in this film okay. it's astounds me how he managed to, to do a lot of things like even in the suburb area where 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 um sebastian was meeting um what mia, mia and yeah. the way they he 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 made suburbs look so beautiful okay mm. no i gotta say he, he has made la look a lot better than uh, than it did when i was there um yeah no it was it was quite reminiscent of things like singing in the rain and and, and climbing the old musicals like that but uh I think I, what I remind is that it, it was very modern as well. Mm. So it was very clearly a 21st century film. So it wasn't just kind of, hey, let's... So like The Artist, which I really enjoyed a few years ago, that, that was a great film, but it was quite, let's make a film in the style of films that are made half many decades ago, whereas this is kind of, we're going to borrow from that, but we're going to really do our own thing. I'm using to see if... if uh, Kind of when when there's a big kind of game changing film, lots of other films jump on the back of it. So I don't know whether we're going to get lots more kind of bright musicals coming out, or whether this is a, a one off. We shall. Uh... Uh, well, I hope it's uh, it bodes well for Damien Chazelle. I'm looking forward to see his next films as hmm. well, because based on his past two films. And you see, well, speaking of um, uh, how modern this is, at the beginning of this film, because I've only seen the bits of the trailer, 
I oh, thought yeah. this film was set in like the old forties, uh, fifties <laughs> of Hollywood. Because okay. because I was thinking, why would people drive those cars? Those cars look <laughs> old and filthy. Do people drive those cars nowadays? And then right. suddenly she was she was using an iPhone. I was like, that's weird. Why is she using an iPhone? <laughs> <laughs> There's a plot point missing here. <laughs> why am I missing here? You thought it was a time travel film. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Uh, no, I I knew it wasn't so then, but I guess it, it looks. Yeah, I say it, in style it looks quite like a forties film, but yeah. Very much, very much modern. What, speaking of trailers, what I thought was interesting, you know the the scene where they first meet. Well, I guess they first meet in the traffic jam, but the the, the scene in, when he's playing the piano and she comes up and says, "I, mm. I saw you playing the piano." Yeah, um, that's quite big in all the trailers, and he kisses her, and then that didn't happen because he he bumps into her instead in the film, and he only kisses her in the what could have happened montage. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was odd putting in a quite a prominent place in the trailer a scene that. Does, only happens in the last five minutes. Do you feel um, cheated, Colin? Well, not, not so much cheated. I, I was sitting there thinking, I wonder if they just faked this or, or kind of shot an alternate thing for the trailer to throw us off on guard. That's really clever. <laughs> so no, but it, it kind of gave away that they were going to do something like that, which I thought wasn't wasn't very clever. I did like the two perspective, uh, the two perspectives. Mm. Right. Yeah, so you see him. Uh, well, you can yeah, he honks her and she swears at him, or vice versa. And yeah, then you kind of see everything that he does after that, and then you see everything that she does. I, I did wonder whether they were going to try and do the whole film that way, which I'm kind of glad they didn't. That would have... And there was a cameo from Jackie Simmons. There was a star of or co-star of, of Whiplash. Yeah, he didn't have and much to do. Won an Oscar he? for that as well. Yeah, he's not going to win an Oscar for this one, I don't think. But no. he did, a, did, a, did a solid job. It'll be interesting to see uh, how many awards it does win because, as you say, Golden Globes. It was always going to win because it's a musical. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was thinking next time because next time we 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 record the. Oscar nominations will be out. I was thinking yes. we could do a little uh, little predictions thing, Zijan. Yeah, yeah, we could do that. That would be fun. Um, so we can give our views on that then. Yeah, that that'll be fun. Um, yeah. Um, I I hope he wins a few awards. Um, I think he deserves a few awards as well. Um, including cinematography <laughs> and director yeah. and song. <laughs> yes, in my view, well, I, I've seen one thing suggesting it might even win or equal the record of eleven Oscars. That's uh, Ben Hur and Titanic and, and Return of the King. Really? Wow. I we'll see. I, I, can't, I can't. Well, we'll do our predictions next time, I guess. But yes, I, if it if it doesn't win at least four or five, I'd be very surprised. I've not seen the other Oscar nominees though, or, or potential Oscar nominees um, though. So who knows? Yeah, I've seen uh, seen one or two. Uh, so I'm seeing Hacksaw Ridge tomorrow. Well, tomorrow is a record. It'll be. I already have seen it by the time this goes live. Um, so uh, I'm looking forward to that one. And yeah, I've seen Manchester by the Sea as well. So. We shall see. We shall see. Um, I have actually run out of things uh, on my Word document bullet point list to say about La La Land. Mm, um, me, me too. Um, but I think it's a great film. Uh, not go. as good as Whiplash, but it's still a great film. Yeah, I agree. I think I think it's great. I think I definitely want to see it again to kind of get my thoughts in order. Yeah, me too. I, I just, really want to see it again yeah, as well. I just, I just don't because of that ending. I don't love it as much as I thought I might. Oh, Colin. <sighs> All we just need to give you is a love story and you'll love the film. Exactly. I'm a simple man. Right, there you go. That's La La Land. On to our famous segment, uh, Actor Factor. Actor Factor. This time with uh, the great Nicole Kidman, uh, who is not very popular at the moment because she said something about Donald Trump that I can't bother to <laughs> go into. But, uh, <laughs> this, he's going to get a few mentions of it. Um, my brother loves Nicole Kidman. And you love Tom Cruise. I do love Tom Cruise. So quite a lot of the films on this list, are, for me, are either because Tom Cruise was in it as well or because I was in the room when Simon was watching it. <laughs> How many films have you seen? 
Well, I've written 11, but one of them's got brackets maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One of them's got brackets part of. Um, How about you, Uh, Humphrey? I've seen eight, but one of them is part of as well. Okay. So shall I start? Go for it. Well, given that we spoke about La La Land, we might as well start with Moulin Rouge then. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Moulin Rouge was set in Paris, I think. I don't know how and what decade it was set in. Uh, but it stars Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor. It's directed by Baz Luhrmann. I don't even know yep. Baz. That's, Baz. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, she was nominated for an Oscar for Best Actress as well. Hmm. Um, and it was apparently one of the first musicals. It was a, it was actually the first musical to be nominated for an Oscar in ten years since Beauty and the Beast really? for Best Film. Do you know that? Oh wow! I did not know that. Um, yeah, I. I kind of hated Moulin Rouge. Um, <laughs> There's a love story there, Colin. Yeah, I feel I should see it again because I haven't watched it for very, very long. I think I had quite a, a strong reaction against it. Um, Why? I feel that. I think was it because she was a prostitute? Uh, no, <laughs> no. Um, it was. It was more because so, I think some of it just felt too zany, kind of over the. T- I know it's over the top, the whole thing, it, but it felt. Is it musical kind of, though? It is, and I, it's difficult to explain. But uh, I think just some of the scenes, I. I I think there's ones where we're supposed to be really endeared to these characters. I just found them really annoying. Oh, I know what you mean, though. It, it, it does tend to get a bit out there for a musical. Even for a musical, it tends to get a bit out there. Pans Lerman, I mean, he did um, uh, Romeo and Juliet, which I think is absolutely brilliant. And uh, I enjoyed Australia as well, actually, which is another um, Nicole Kidman film, which, which is him. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it another try one these days. What else have you got? Um, okay, I can tell you the only film that I've seen with both Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise in it. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you want to give, have a guess? Well, there's three of them. Um, I'm gonna claim that it's far and away. Yeah, how do you know? <laughs> uh, I well, I didn't see you as a uh, as an eyes eyes wide shut or days of thunder kind of guy. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. was it the first film that they've started together in? Or uh, no, they're in Days of Thunder before that. Oh, okay. So I trust you to be the the Tom Cruise. Yes. Uh, <laughs> not a fountain of knowledge here, but yeah, um, I. I don't remember a lot about Far and Away, but the only the one scene that for me I remember very clearly is the the land run scene, yes, where there were yeah. horses chasing land. Cause for me, I was I think I was watching this in Malaysia. I thought, wow, I didn't know they did this back in America. They had to like stick their claim on land by being first come yeah. first serve. I thought that was quite interesting. I only saw this film a few weeks ago. Actually, I I really liked it. Directed by Ron Howard is one one of my favorite directors. Um, yeah, the whole land run thing. I I don't. I've not looked up if that's true or not. It seems highly unlikely. It is true. Uh, it is true. I've looked really? it up. Yeah. Okay. Wow. It's kind of crazy, right? Um, no, I, I thought it was a really good film. I, I maybe slightly over long, but it, it tells a good story of kind of the ups and because he starts off as this peasant, and effectively, and she's a like rich daughter of a landowner, and they kind of swap places, and he becomes a great boxer, and she uh, becomes a dancer, and stuff like this. But um, I really enjoyed it. Apart from the yeah, in that horse race thing where he. Uh, He's got this really unruly horse, and in order to train it, he punches it in the face, and that's oh, the horse is trained now. Job done. <laughs> is that how? You, is that how you train horses? We can learn a lot from this film, Colin. We can. <laughs> I'm gonna go and punch a horse right now. Were they married by then? I don't know actually. I don't know. But yeah, the the the, the first film, Days of Thunder, um, he played a racing driver basically, and she was a doctor, I think. Um, it's not great. It's all right. It's not. <laughs> well, what's the film about? That stuff I just said. Um, <laughs> that's it. There's no plot whatsoever. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's just he just drives. So he's just there driving around. And he just, just... Tries, tries around in circles, and every now and again she gives him a jab. 
I honestly, Robert Duvall's in it. Uh, I can't remember the plot. I think it's probably something about how he's not good enough to race, but it turns out he's good enough to race or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's not one of the, not one of the great films. Uh, he he sits around moodily in garages for a bit. She was in uh, Malice, which is probably my least favorite Aaron Sorkin film. Um, mm, I've seen that. Uh, she was won the Oscar for The Hours, which I this is my the film I've said maybe because Simon loves it. It's one of his favorite films, and I'm pretty sure I. I've therefore watched it <laughs> when I, he was watching it. Because Simon yeah. loves Virginia Woolf, doesn't he? He does love Virginia Woolf. Um, yeah. And in this film, she was playing Virginia Woolf and won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Nose. Um, yeah. <laughs> Best Protestant Nose. <laughs> yes. I've not seen the film before, so um, I know for a fact that I have seen, haven't seen the film before. There you go. It's got Meryl Streep, who I hear is one of the most underrated uh, actors in, in Hollywood. She probably won an Oscar for that, though. Yeah, I got a feeling one of the award things kind of gave them a joint thing. I could be wrong. But the film I've said is my favourite mm-hmm. is Paddington. Oh, I think that's a great film. Oh, there's no love story in Paddington. Um, is, there not, is there not a story about his love of... No, you're right, there's no love story. Of um, honey? <laughs> of marmalade, come on, oh, man. Of marmalade, yes. Come sorry. on. <laughs> <laughs> it was something orange in a jar, Colin. Yes, all right. Yeah, I mean, she does... She's not great in it, to be honest. She kind of plays an archetypal villain, but uh, she played the villain. Yeah, but Paddington's a great uh, film. I love it. What's your favorite Nicole Kidman film? Um, Paddington's up there. Okay. Yeah, Paddington's probably there. Yeah. Um, I've seen my my least favorite is probably like Bewitch. Oh yeah, I heard that was bad. Yeah, yeah. that was really bad. It was very meta as well because um, Will Ferrell played a guy who was approached to play Darren in the remake of Bewitch. Clever. And they wow. insisted that unknown plays Samantha, so they casted Nicole Kidman, who is an actual witch, to play a witch in well, the movie Witch. Yeah. That sounds like what I really want to see is a film about the making of that film, and then we'll have gone full circle. That's uh, <laughs> so fun. Um, fine. I'm going to say my least favorite is uh, Emerald City because I saw like ten minutes of it and it looked bad. Um, <laughs> Was she even in the first ten minutes of it? I didn't see the first 10 minutes. <laughs> I, what, you saw 10 minutes of? <laughs> just saw a random 10 minutes of it. <laughs> okay, uh, next time on Actor Factor, we are going to be talking Natalie Portman films. Okay. She's been missing for a while. Oh, she's doing, she's doing Jackie, right? Sorry. She's done Jackie. She's uh, in the in the awards conversation at the moment. Mm. Um, so I did that. But before that, we're going to do a quiz on the Lego movie. Everything's awesome. Everything is awesome. Everything uh, is awesome. Go for it. Hit me. Question one, Colin. Okay. What is the name of the super weapon that is used by Lord Business? Uh, it's the Krangle. Yes. Yeah, one nil. Uh, okay, number one for me. What is the name of the wizard voiced by Morgan Friedman? Uh, yeah, it's in Invictus? In something like that. <laughs> Invictus is the name of the film in which Morgan Friedman I played Malcolm McDowell. I know, I've seen as well. Oh, what is his name? Ah... Uh, it begins with an I. It's Vitruvius. Vitruvius. Ah, dang it. Mm-hmm. Ah, I can't believe that slipped my mind. It's so annoying. Okay, one nil for you. One nil. Uh, question two for me. When wandering inside Emmett's brain, what did Emmett create to prove that he has an original thought provoking Wildstar to quote that that is a, literally the dumbest thing she's ever heard? Uh, he made a double-decker couch. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Which is a great idea. I think that's really good. Um, in fact, a friend of mine he was trying to work out how he's going to fit all his chairs in his room. And I was like, yeah, double-decker couch, clearly. Question two from me. Uh, name either of the two Star Wars characters voiced by the actor from the original films. 
Uh, C-3PO, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. The other one was uh, Lando Calrissian. I think Han Solo was in it, but voiced by someone else. <laughs> Speaking of Star Wars, question three. What did Batman yes. steal from the Millennium Falcon to power the spaceship? Ooh. I don't remember that bit at all. Uh, he probably stole the hyperdrive. Yeah, you're right. Because that's the only thing I can think of in, in the Millennium Falcon that powers it. Um, that's correct. <laughs> there you go. A bit, bit of Star Wars knowledge helped me out there. Uh, that makes it 3-1, I think, which uh, is your third question. Um, who provided the music and lyrics for the song Everything is Awesome? Uh, so, it depends, though. Um, was it Sean Patterson? Yes, it was. You're going to tell me that's not quite right. But no, I'm I, don't be... I don't know. I don't know. Because Tegan and Sarah who are singing it, right? Okay, Sean Patterson's the guy who got uh, who got his name down for the award stuff. So, uh, mm. yes, there you go. 3-2. Uh, question four. Which actress provided the voice for Wildstar? Uh, that was the great Elizabeth Banks. That's correct. Uh, question four. Uh, what year is the Lego Movie sequel scheduled for? <sighs> oh, my goodness. 2019? Yes. 2019, correct. Yeah, yeah. Good work. <laughs> Okay, um, my last one. I, I was trying to think of some funny questions as well, but um, okay. it didn't turn out that way. But right. <laughs> it's a 50-50 question, Colin. Oh, yeah. I thought it was really interesting because you mentioned that um, the Lego movie wasn't even nominated for an Oscar for Best Animated Film. I did. But did it win the Golden Globe Award for Best Animated Feature Film? Did it? Did it win? The... I was looking at the uh, the list of awards. I don't think it did win. I'm going to say No. Yeah, you're right. It didn't win. But it won the BAFTA. It won the BAFTA, yep. I believe that means I got five from five. Um, Yeah, Here's your fifth question to see if you can pull it back to 5-4 defeat. What is the name of the cat creature voiced by Alison Brie? (laughs) Unikitty. Unikitty. To be precise, Princess Unikitty, but I'll give you Unikitty. Um, (laughs) I think we did well, Azizan. We we did did well. well. I think we're doing better in these quizzes now. Now that we've known each other's levels <laughs> yeah yes yeah uh well next time um the quiz is going to be on last year's oscars oh that's cool see how much you remember from last time oh jeez. Um, wow yeah that's a good that's a good topic thanks man um so enjoy that and what's our main topic next time Zizia? aliens in films aliens in films to be clear not necessarily the film aliens um we will mention aliens though I'm and sure we it's will. The namesake. <laughs> yes. Well, before we go, I should plug something that I'm doing. Um, so my brother Simon, who's got a lot of mention in this podcast so far, uh, has his own podcast uh, called Tio Books, which is uh, all about books, um, where he and a friend of uh, discuss particular topics and, and say which they like more, whether it's uh, individual books or, or, or a more uh, wide topic. Uh, and he and I were doing a spin-off podcast that kind of blends that one with this one. Um, which will probably be released before you and I speak again, Zijan, um, okay. in the podcast. So, um, uh, yes, check that out. I, I'm sure I'll put a link on somewhere. Yep. Make sure you get his viewers to, to listen to us as well. Uh, I will do that, yes. Uh, also, yeah, check out his podcast, To Your Books. It's much more popular than ours. And, yeah, hopefully uh, he his his listeners will decide that actually movies are much better than books and they'll, they'll move over here. Until next time, thanks for listening. See ya.